This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. And welcome to Leviticus Wisdom. Thank you for being with us today. I want to talk to you about our memories, not what I remember, but the tool that I use to remember. We have in our modern situation, there are so many distractions, and we also find difficulty in remembering things. It used to be only the older people who had issues would forget everything. Generally, people didn't forget much at all. Yet now we find it's humanity-wide. Everybody's having short-term memory problem. So this could be easily traced, and we find that it's due to the electromagnetic fields we're all swimming in nowadays. That it has the tendency to, like static, kind of inhibits the memory in logging new information in a retrievable set. It tends to just note it and move on, and it doesn't really get logged, and we tend to forget, oh, that's right, we talked about that a couple days ago, or I already told you about that, or where did I put that? So we have issues relative to our memory. Everybody knows that there comes a time in life when you have to get serious, and you have to stop and think about, well, what am I doing, and is it worthwhile, and why am I doing this, and what should I be doing? And there is a difference between all the other species and the human species because we are more advanced in our intelligence, are advanced in our contemplative ability, we're more advanced in our manipulative potential. There's several features that lift the human species above all of the others. In the Vedic literature, it teaches that the human form of life is a gift. And these attributes that we're discussing they are given to the humans for a specific purpose, not by accident, for a specific purpose, to revive our eternal consciousness. Now, we've covered many times we are eternal living entities in temporary bodies, and we get attached to the bodily perspective, bodily conception of life, and we tend to neglect what is our higher responsibility or duty in the human form. So the Vedic literature has that as an ABC aspect in the teachings of the Vedic literature that you need to understand that in the human form of life, it is a special gift with special attributes for you to revive your spiritual consciousness. Yet we find everybody saying, I've got so many things to do. I don't have time for spiritual life. Even the people that are into meditation, they get right into it and have difficulty maintaining it. People that go to the gym. I'm going to go to the gym every day this month. How does that work out for you? Not many people make it 30 days in a row or thereafter. So we're in a social situation where distraction and the inability to be consistent means we're in the putting out fires situation. We're correcting problems, firefighting, as opposed to planning our lives. And the Vedic literature says you're not supposed to be in that condition. If necessary, and it is, you're supposed to simplify your life so that there's fewer and fewer distractions, so you're guaranteed to have time for spiritual realization. 
Now many people think, well, I go to church on Sunday. Or other people think, well, I think about God whenever I can. Or I try to do things as an act for God. Wonderful. No problem with that. But it has to be so dominant in your priority list that becoming God conscious, becoming a servant of God, is number one. It must be done before the end of my human life. Now, we find that everybody has time for this and that and this and that, and then they take unbelievable care and attention to take care of their car, to take care of their job, to take care of their family, to take care of their home. Whatever they put their attention on or whatever they're attached to, they find time for that. And if you come forward and say, um, how was your developing God consciousness going? They don't have time. They aren't concerned with prioritizing Developing God consciousness, love of God, selfless service as a primary concern, as the primary concern. But in actuality, that's the structural value of becoming God conscious. It's number one. It's number one on God's ledger. It's number one on all of the purified saints and sages throughout history. It is the doorway, the exit from the struggling and misconceptions that this material world puts on us. And now we're not even so concerned about this struggle for existence. And we're not even so concerned about whatever misconceptions we've got. Because we're so busy being distracted, we're actually in firefighting mode most of the time. And according to the Vedic literature, that is a symptom of this age of Kali Yuga. In Kali Yuga, the memories are short, the intelligence is weak, the distractions are huge. We place bodily concerns first. We place structure of self-orientated interests first. And we see in society in general, in all of our social media, all of the television programming, all of the media programming, it's all based on selfishness. Now and again, they'll glorify someone who did a very selfless act, but they don't practice it themselves. In general, it's selfish as business is all cutthroat, selfish, selfish, selfish. Take from you, steal from you, fight with you. If I can't, if I can't knock you out of the market, I'll buy you out. Corporate sparring. And the same at school, the same at sport, the same at family, the same at your job. Instead of being a harmonious experience, it's a struggle. But in the struggle is the distractions. And what's happening, we've covered this before, what's happening is we're losing the duration of our lives to the distractions. And our own priority list is being neglected. Sometimes you realize I've neglected my dog. I haven't played with a dog in days, weeks, whatever. I don't even think about the dog. Sometimes you find I neglected my children or one of my children. I've neglected my car. Oh, it broke down. Neglected something else. But do you stop and think about, I've neglected to be grateful, to show gratitude to God for everything I have and everything that's happening. The gratitude thing gets stymied very early on. Because of the distractions, because of the struggle. So the Vedic literature is trying to teach you you're not supposed to forget the Lord. You're supposed to remember Him. So at the time of death, it is the primary focus. You're specifically thinking about 
the service of the Lord, meeting the Lord, associating with the Lord and his purified associates, going back to Godhead, being eternally situated in blissful life in the association of the Lord and eternal, his eternal servants, becoming one of his eternal servants. This is what is taught in the Vedic literature. It's taught in basically all the religions, to be honest. We know that some religions are tainted with their literature or scriptures have been tainted. Some of them are tainted by human interest. It's too bad. But at the root, if you look deeply, you'll find that the religious principles are the same. You're supposed to become a selfless, devoted servant of God. In this life, at the end of life, and hopefully thereafter eternally. So the Vedic literature is giving you impetus to wake up from the distractions and the uh, total commitment to your material predicament. Because if we step back and look at it, everything that you have or value or work on or care about is related to your body. Because when you die, you lose all of it. It's gone. You don't have any of it. You don't take anything with you when you die. So everything that's around you now is around you because it's related to this particular body and your predicament in this body. But you, the eternal living entity who is experiencing and witnessing in this body, you can leave at any time. There is no guarantee what day, what age you will die at. I saw a man recently whose family was in shock because he was very healthy and they felt he would live to be probably 85 and three months later he died at 69 I think shocked so no one knows no one understands when your time is due so wasting time is a very foolish uh, activity for those in the human form of life especially so <clears throat> The Vedic literature is teaching you that it's not wise to neglect your development of love of God for temporary material things that tr actually provide no benefit. Whether your car is clean and polished and waxed or not is not going to affect the course of your life. But many people do it regularly. There's another side of this I'd like to cover. In the balance of nature, which is in control of the surroundings we are in, we are under the laws of nature. And according to the Vedic literature, it says that if you neglect to use your human form of life responsibly, and you neglect to develop your consciousness from mundane selfish consciousness, and pick it up to the level of selfless devotional service to God consciousness, nature restricts resources from you. If you're not using your resources correctly, nature restricts them from you. You may be struggling in your life with predicaments or situations or uh, financial issues or resource issues or food issues. Who knows? Different parts of the planet are having different types of difficulties. And you can feel frustrated or trapped. And sometimes people will say, well, pray to God. No, 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 I just got I just got to get a couple of bucks. I just got to get it. I got to fill my gas tank and get out of here. I'll be all right. Don't worry, don't worry. 
But you can see the relativity here. If you actually do turn from your materialistic endeavor and selfish perspective of things and realize, well, wait a minute, the reason nature is pulling back on me is because I'm misusing my human form of life. And I'm supposed to place God consciousness at the top of my list, and I don't know where it's at on my list. So I'm, I'm kind of guilty of doing the wrong things with my time. And so nature is saying, you're supposed to stop this. And if you don't stop this, I will restrict you so you do. And then we see this in disciplining children or animals. If they can't control themselves, you induce or impose control upon them. And they gradually realize, okay, <laughs> all right, I see. Yes, I have to do this. Or I can't do that. Well, the same thing is happening to you. Material nature is controlling us in the conditioned material body predicament we're in currently. And if we work in the right direction to satisfy the Lord and accomplish things on behalf of the Lord, then nature is pleased and we, the abundance comes our way. Yet on the other hand, if we neglect at every turn, if we neglect to develop our love of God, and neglect to hear the Lord within talking, neglect to follow the instructions or follow our chosen scriptures, or be a good representative of the Lord or a good representative of our faith, nature will restrict the resources coming to you. Now, there are some people that believe, oh, no, no, you just pray and you get anything you want. Well, it doesn't prove to be true. God is not a dull stone. God is not blind or unaware of anything. He's fully aware of why you do what you do. We've done another show about that particular subject, too. Your intent. What is the intent? The driving reason for what you're doing. It may be the same subject, but the intent can be quite varied. Eating, cooking, walking, running, helping, fighting, whatever. You can do it for the right reason or the wrong reason. And this is happening on the planet constantly. And you can fool people, but you can't fool the Lord. He knows your intent. So this is what we have to look at. We have to look at our intent in the endeavors that we take up and the uh, goals we set for ourselves. What is the intent? Is the intent just a version of selfishness? Or is it actually meant to make a positive contribution, a helpful contribution? Is it actually meant to uplift something, someone, some situation, or yourself even? Because the real servant of God, he's selfless. He knows I don't need to take care of me. Because the Lord says, I will take care of you if you surrender to me. And how do you surrender to him? You engage in his plan. The Lord has a plan to try to uplift the living entities from this suffering in the material world. And if you could participate in that plan and assist it, the Lord says, well, he's on my team. I'm going to take special care of him, help him out, protect him. So this is wisdom. When you're aware that the Lord has that benevolent attitude towards those who serve him, why wouldn't you serve him? Because you're busy being distracted and you've been miseducated to think that I have to be selfish. Self-endeavor is the only path of achievement. And the Vedic literature says, no, this is not true. 
it's one of them, but actually it's the most limited. Because your self-interest, you earn the result, good and bad. And you can delay your progress to self-realization, God-realization, and love of God by mistaking the correct path. So the Vedic literature says you must accept a spiritual master who is fully realized and follow his instructions that he gives that are good for you. So that at times when you're in doubt, you don't know which to do, oh, the spiritual master said, do this. And by doing that, you're back on the path instantly. And we have that in every day of our lives, or a day in our lives. No one goes without a moment of going, I'm not sure, or where, where should I go next? Or, well, that didn't work. What am I going to do now? This is a natural condition for this material world. So if that is a natural condition in this material world, and you are in the normal experiencing of the material world, you have to be astute to control your consciousness. Keep your senses from dragging you into enjoyment as the goal of life. Keep the things around you that are really not important or are repetitive, been there, done that, from distracting you from taking the time to be God conscious before your life ends. And again, no one knows when that day is. It could be tomorrow. It could be many years from now. And some of us, we have our intuitive feeling about that, that no, I'm not going to die yet. I've still got too much to do, or I've still got uh, learning to do. And, and you're on a path of inquisitiveness. You're on the path of developing your consciousness. That is the way to extend your lifetime, if that's what you want. But in general, everyone should be trying to use their lifespan effectively. Don't waste a moment and don't neglect to put love of God at the top of your list. Because none of the other subjects that you may accomplish, none of the other achievements you may chalk up, has the return that developing God consciousness does. Because everything that we're talking about is in the material tabernacle and is under control of material nature and is thereby limited by its construction. This material world is made of matter and it is inferior. You and I are made of spirit and that is superior. The Lord and the spiritual kingdom, the spiritual world, our eternal home is all spiritual and that is superior. But we've fallen into this crossed over condition. We're an eternal, spiritual, superior type being in the covering of this inferior material energy. So in the Vedic literature, that's called marginal state. And it's our responsibility to use our free will. The Lord doesn't make you. You have to use the free will you're given to move out of this marginal condition and return to the spiritually engaged position. Spiritually conscious, spiritually engaged, spiritual association, spiritual relationships. That is normal. So we're here trying to get some warm and fuzzies, trying to find the good in it, trying to find the happiness in it, trying to find a higher attitude, trying to keep a positive perspective. Fine. But if your reason for being in that good mood isn't employed in developing your love of God and your point of view, properly understanding things, 
It's a waste. It's just warm and fuzzy. You can sit on the bed all day and eat ice cream and cuddle your warm blanket if you want. It's warm and fuzzy. But it doesn't develop your consciousness. It doesn't change your future. And in the human form of life, it is the opportunity to make uh, a sharp turn out of the cycle of birth and death, out of transmigration from one species to another species to another species according to your work, and into the eternal platform of selfless devotional service to the Lord for his satisfaction only. So our human form of life mustn't be wasted. It's described in the Vedic literature that wasting the human form of life on enjoyment is sinful. Because the human form of life is so valuable. To use it for some of the ridiculous things we see people do or spend their life doing. You go, oh my goodness, couldn't you find something more rewarding, something more significant to spend a whole lifetime on? So don't be one of those people. You evaluate the, the importance, the significance, and the return from the life you are leading. Is it rewarding you correctly? Is it developing your consciousness correctly? Is it headed in the right direction? Will you achieve the highest goal by the activities you are performing? If so, I celebrate you. And if not, kick your butt. Take yourself out behind the barn and give yourself a good thrashing and get back to work and change your life for the better. I can't change you. I'm not going to change you. You change you. Because when you change you, it's permanent. If I tell you to change, it's temporary. So pick up the responsibility for your life in your own hands. I don't care what your mother says. I don't care what your brother or your father or your neighbor or your friend or your boss or your anybody says. You're the one who's going to suffer or enjoy the acts and decisions you make on a daily basis. So look at them. You look at the decisions. You look at the association. You look at the predicament. You look at your needs for yourself. You evaluate them. If you have doubt about how to do that, then you must read Bhagavad Gita as it is and bounce your perspective or your predicament both off of the spiritual master's instructions. He is not in the material world. He is not in competition to you. He is not self-interested. He has not got an alternative uh, cause or purpose. He's simply here to give you the right answers and the right guidance and the right perspective when you're ready to accept it. Then you change you. And you become a better being. And everyone around you will see it. They'll see, oh my goodness, this person is actually turning their life. They're actually got control of themselves, got control of their mind and their senses. They're getting control of their resources. And they're pushing their free will correctly to get to the goal they've set. And everyone, I guarantee you, will be impressed. We see people marking time all over the place. We see people distracted by the tiniest burp. But we don't see a lot of people that have their life in their hands, have taken control, have a goal, and they're working toward it and doing a good job at getting there.
This is what the human form of life is for. Read Bhagavad Gita as it is by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. He is the bona fide spiritual master for this age. His guidance and His instructions gives you an impartial, fully external, spiritually potent perspective on right from wrong, good or bad, the true perspective of your situation. For you to understand, okay, this is what the spiritual master says my situation is. Now, what can I do to change it? Or what can I do to f improve it? What can I do to uh, alter my path? And then you do what you can do. Maybe you can't fix it all immediately. That's all right. But as soon as you start fixing something, you get the facilities, you get the point of view, you get the support and the resources to start changing the ones that you couldn't originally change. So it's a progression. It's dynamic. It's not A or B. It's a progression from A to B to C to D to E to F to G. Right on along it goes until you're in a completely different place with a completely different point of view, with a completely different consciousness level out of the material selfishness and into spiritual selflessness, devotional service to God. Everyone around you will be impressed, especially the spiritual master and especially the Lord himself. Look how this person is taking control. Look how this person is developing, using their free will correctly. Please, use your free will correctly. Stop the distractions. Stop the bad association. Revive your original consciousness. Do not waste your human form of life. This is the message from the Vedic literature. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.